We are back for another week of the only news you need to know, the Paranormal 60 News, as a psychologist tries to explain the Mandela effect. Can science actually speak to this strange phenomena? And experts have begun studying psychology of aliens. That's right. With all of the claims coming out of the military, it's time to start digging a little deeper into these concepts and all of the things that we think that we're seeing. Paranormal groups are also issuing, issuing rather a serious warning over sacred sites. Words remain to be hard. Creepy figures with huge heads have been found painted in a rock shelter in Tanzania, and the Devil's Church Cave mystery may finally be solved. That's just a little bit of what we have on tap for you tonight, right here on the very best in paranormal programming. How do I know it? because I wrote the tagline, we are the best in paranormal programming. This is the Paranormal 60 News. Well, hello, my little darklings. You, you caught me trying to readjust my microphone because I want things to sound good tonight. We've got a lot of discussions to be had, ladies and gentlemen. Let's bring the rest of the team on because who else would go by the name the Paranormal Detective? It's the one, the only Greg Lawson. Hello, Greg. Hello, old buddy. Hey, I've got some interesting news. I don't know if you've heard about this book, uh, Messages from Mothman. <laughs> Fantastic. It is written by Greg Lawson, M-E-D, um, Miracle Erectile Dysfunction. Is that what that stands for? I'm not sure. It can stand for whatever you like it to, okay. just as long as you buy it. Yeah. Well, here's a deal that we have going on right now. Really? This is exciting. I've told people, if you buy the book between now and December 24th, I'll like, wow. let's make it till December 25th in case you get some money from old Cinderklaus. Father Christmas, maybe even Krampus drops a few shekels into your pan. Well, if you buy the book Messages from Mothman and email me the receipt from the purchase of that book, I'm putting them all in a filter and into a folder. And on the show right after Christmas, we are going to, I don't know what's going on outside. It sounds like a motorcycle gang just pulled up to rough me up. So this could go horribly wrong. I'm not sure. But if you purchase messages from Mothman between now and Christmas, send me that receipt to Dave at paranormal60.com. When we select the lucky winner, you're going to get a signed copy of messages from Mothman. You're going to get a signed copy of my book, The Other Side. And I'm going to throw in an extra little gift for you. And you don't know what it is. Could be worth $5, could be worth $22 million. Probably not. 22 million, probably closer to five, but you're guaranteed that you're going to get an extra bonus little gift from your pals right here at the Paranormal 60 News. So pick up that book. Make sure that you think about putting it in an old, you know, uh, stocking stuffer, maybe as a, 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 a little exchange that you have going at work. This is a book everybody's going to love. Check it out. 
Let's bring our third party on tonight, ladies who's and that? gentlemen. Who's it going to be? Who's Sweet it? Tea. She's here. Thank Look you. at her face. Hey, sorry. Hey. Were you? Wow. Were we boring you with our the green room? What's going on? Yeah, Some sleepy room. Excitement over the book. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that? about it, uh, but it's called Messages from <laughs> Mothman. I don't know what that is. It's a book about Mothman and messages yeah. that he gave us. I've got a message for everybody. This is the last time you're hearing this message. I'll be at GalaxyCon Columbus, Ohio this weekend along with Sweet Tea. That's right. She's going to be on hand as well as Jenny from over on Into the Obscure podcast. We're going to have a blast this weekend. It is a nerd fest to the limit. You're going to want to come. There are Star Trek. There are fantasy. There are some of your very favorite cosplayers. There's Muppet voices that'll be there. Real live people behind the voices of Muppets all at GalaxyCon Columbus. But if you come there, this is another promise from your old pal. Free hugs, free selfies all weekend long. Free hugs, wow. free selfies. That's right. If you stop by my table and I'm there, I'm hugging, I'm selfieing. We're going to have a great time. I don't so have to do that, just... right? No, you don't have to hug me or take a selfie with me at all, sweetie. Thank no you. problem. What a jerk. Hey, guys, big follow-up news. I don't know if you heard about this, but there was a big sighting at Uranus this week. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, turns no. out that uh, the Uranus Fudge Factory... Uh, was visited by the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. So Wiener was right in Uranus today. Uh, big news for people that are following that. And I thought that was exciting. So That's exciting. I wanted to share it. Exciting. Wow. Isn't it? Look at it. I, you know what? There are Open. very few things Open. in life that just make me giddy like a school child. Uh-huh. And one day, one day I'm driving in the car with my son. And the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile is in front of our oh, festival. That's nothing special. I pulled over. I'm like, we're going in, son. He's like, what? what is it, dad? I'm like, are you blind? It's the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. We went up. We had hot dogs. Oh, yeah. Had to go in to the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile and told me they were hiring drivers. Yeah. And it, all I had to do was give up my family, and I would be on the road with a lifetime supply of Oscar Mayer Wieners driving wow. the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. That must have been an adventure. How long did you do that for? I wish I could have. This whole fatherly thing just weighs on me, and I stuck with it. So That's too bad. Hmm. But I dream about it some days. I can tell. Yeah. The Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. I don't know, Stress, until you've actually had a chance to see it in person. You You get up next to that thing, man. It's huge. It's huge. Monstrous. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like on inside? It's smaller. It's like reverse TARDIS from Doctor Who. Yeah, it's huge on the outside, very small and compact in the inside, but smells like hot dog water. So it's good. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Who doesn't Mm -hmm. love that? That's Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody that doesn't love the smell of hot dog water. You know, I had I had stomach surgery because I had uh, gastro reflux disorder, Mm -hmm. and I was not allowed to eat solid food for like fourteen days, Uh and I missed I missed hot dogs so bad that my ex wife caught me shame eating i would eat them to the point where there was almost nothing there and i'd spit it out no, and then uh, i started drinking the hot water no hot dogs were boiled hey, into the flavor stop. i have a problem i don't know hi my name is dave and i'm a hot dogaholic how do you feel about the costco hot dogs they're the best uh never right. had one they're they're not really hot dogs they're kind of a polish no, hot dog not. hybrid hot dog. nope they're hot dogs i have oh, one. i go to sam's club yeah, well, that's Sam's. I don't have Costco money. I have a Costco right down you the street. Like literally, like a 
a mile and a half from my house now. Just wow. open. It's pretty exciting stuff. The only thing that I'm missing here is uh, Red Lobster. You know, got everything else. Are you? Yeah. But are yeah. you really? Are you missing it? And biscuits. Yeah, the biscuits are delish. There you go. Delish. Let's get to it, if hey, you don't mind. First up is the Mandela effect. And I'm sure you two are up on the Mandela effect, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is, I, I want to have a little roundtable discussion about this betwixt us right after we talk about the news story. And uh, the Mandela effect is known as such because Nelson Mandela, renowned freedom fighter and anti-apartheid activist, spent 27 years in prison. It's really a tale of resilience and hardship. And many vividly recall when poor Nelson Mandela lost his life while serving in prison back in the 1980s. But in this timeline, in this reality, it turns out Nelson Mandela lived a long and fruitful life post-incarceration. He went on to become president of South Africa from 1994 to 1999, and he passed away in 2013 at the age of 95 years old. Can you believe that? 95 years old. Now, despite these facts, many people hold strongly to the belief that they remember Nelson Mandela did die in prison. This mind-boggling phenomenon, massive collective belief in an event or fact that is not true, it's been dubbed the Mandela effect. But how is it that our minds can convince us of having memories of events that never really happened? And how is it that large groups of people can all happen to share the same exact false memory? Well, psychologists have begun to take this seriously and take a look at the Mandela effect. The Mandela effect is often agreed to be an example of false memory, a recollection of seems, uh, things that seem to be true in your mind, but in reality are either partially or entirely fabricated. A, a study published in Consciousness and Cognition explains how these false memories can happen through the self-memory system, a conceptual framework highlighting the connection between our sense of self and our memory. This interconnection encompasses our episodic memory, autobiographical memory, and our portion of self-concept that guides information processing or the working self. The researchers explain that our working self takes cues to build detailed memories based on knowledge they bring up. This helps in constructing memories of our past and even in imagining future events. This construction process happens in what's called the remembering imagining system, a mental space filled with recent memories and simulations of things that might happen soon. Now, Greg, as somebody who is an actual boots on the ground, real detective and law enforcement official, it sounds strange to a lot of us that science would say we can have such vividly recalled incorrect memories, but that's why they've strayed away from eyewitness testimony in court as much as they used to. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of times, especially under stress, we create these images and we create these, uh, what we believe to be, you know, true facts that happen. And, um, you know, it has a lot to do with stress. It has a lot to do with uh, our ability to make sense while we're under stress. So, yeah, you know, I, I had this, uh, this thing that I, I firmly believe that we had like two other individuals that were part of the paranormal 60 news. <laughs> and it just doesn't seem like 
I mean, I'm like, I, I know that I. That's ludicrous. Obviously, as a detective, I'm going to start questioning all of your thoughts. It's always been you, me, and Sweet Tea since freaking since bizarre. Podcast back in 1972. Yes. Uh, just been the three of us. Yep. Yeah. In the in the back of my mind, hmm. I don't know, man. Really. That's more weird. people. <laughs> more people. Yeah. There's. It's. It's crowded back there. Yeah. Very yeah. strange. They're all talking. Yeah, it'd now, be nonsense. Yeah, it sounds like nonsense to me. Yeah. Uh, but there are some things that are false memories a lot of people are having problems with. Uh, it's also explained that the system, for various reasons, malfunctions from time to time. Our modern understanding of human memory actually challenges the idea that memories are always accurate. In fact, it's argued that all memories, to some degree, are false. That's coming from psychologists. Well, That's okay. surprising to me that all memories, to some degree, are right. false. Aren't all memories just based on the last time you thought of it? So it's based off of a fake memory. Mm -hmm. What? Do you know, like the last time you thought mm -hmm. of your favorite mm -hmm. shirt? It's uh, how you remember it. And let's say you never see that shirt again. The next time you think about that shirt, it's going to be the memory of the time you thought about the shirt the last. Well, the so it's like a game of telephone in your brain. Yeah, and, and and a lot of the the problem with it is, um, when we have gaps, we will naturally fill in those gaps, mm -hmm. and and in that, a lot of people and I've I've talked about this a lot. I don't actually see what's going on in front of me right now. I'm just taking in those uh, the reflections of light in here, and and my brain is creating these images. It's not, you know, it's not just the the well, stuff. Well, listen, uh, Greg. Greg yes. Lawson, could mm -hmm. you tell your brain to stop being such a dick and picture me with hair, a little thinner, a, a brown hair? goatee and hair? Can you just tell I your picture, brain to picture that? Why I picture you, you I picture you with back hair every day, just furry <laughs> like a wolverine. It's smooth back there. Dude, it's, I bet when you get mad, it gets, no, it's, it's like, just like Sunday morning. That's all I'm going to tell you. All right. Yeah. Well, let's go back to this because I want to talk I a little bit more about I, I do want to jump back into this again. Um, the Mandela effect, like I said, comes into play when these constructions of recollections that feel authentic yet deviate from actual events happen at the collective level, where large groups of people recall the same baseless fact or event. Mandela's false death in the 80s is only a single example of this, and many more have been identified since the term has been coined. Psychological science research aimed to explain this baffling phenomena using eye-tracking-like methods that the researchers found no attention or visual-related differences causing these collective false memories. Their conclusion was that these errors spontaneously occurred during memory recall, emphasizing that despite the majority experiencing the correct image visually, people consistently make the same false memory error for certain things. In various fields that work with the mind, it's well known that memory is fallible. It fades over time. And in various fields that work with the mind, it's well known that memory is fallible and it fails over time. Didn't I just say that? <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, yeah. it, it makes mistakes and it can't always be trusted. This agreed understanding allows us to make sense of false memories. That is the excuse and understanding for why we make drunk calls and drunk texts right? It's remembering that moment when you were happy with that person and you think, oh, I'm, I miss, 
having my back hair entwined in their chest hair and in wow. a spooning motion. And then wow. you call or text that person because you're recalling a glorified moment of time instead of the totality of it. You're not remembering the boring parts. I do. Sometimes parts. I just challenge myself to remember all the worst Why? boring points of like, like when you and I were at that <laughs> convention in Illinois at the furniture store, I just remember sitting there looking Four at you going hours. good. Goodwill is called a furniture store now. It's a, no, it was really a furniture store. Yeah. Oh, the wow. haunted YMCA building in wow. BFE, Illinois. I can't remember what town it's in rock Island. Rock I think. Island. Yeah. And uh, see, my memory came back. Did I really remember it's Rock Island? No. Or did I tell you it's Rock Island and you went along with it, Tressa? Nobody knows. Because you have a false memory. it was Rock Island because I was there. So. Whatever. Whatever. Nobody knows. Some uh, I was, I, I fell. Uh, um, you did? That explains a lot. Oh, wait, what? Oscar Meyer. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought it was an E. Okay. Uh, I always thought Curious George had a tail. If I had to draw him, it would have had a tail. I remember specifically trying to uh learn how bernstein was pronounced because it had an e at the end Who? however bernstein uh -huh. bears i still oh, think that? it's all just bad memory stuff I yeah don't, i don't yeah uh, well how about the monopoly guy i remember him having the monocle I, yeah that was a peanut guy you're crossing the peanut guy with a monocle maybe i've been known known to do that cross my <laughs> peanut guy with a monocle uh, <laughs> I will say this though, uh, I do have uh, I don't remember the Oscar Meyer deal because of the song. It's locked in here, baby. Uh, my baloney has a first name. It's O S C A R. My baloney has a second name. It's M A Y E R. Wow, Does anyone get that you're right. Wrong? Yeah, I don't know. I get it wrong all the time though. Yeah, oh. it could just be that you're dumb. I don't know. Mm. The Mandela effect remains a perplexing enigma, according to this article. Challenging. The limits of our understanding. It defies conventional explanations, leaving a profound mystery in its wake. And research on this matter merely scratches the surface of its inexplicable nature. Attempts to grasp its essence seem only to have led to conspiracy-like theories, hinting at uncharted territories lying beyond the scope of current scientific comprehension, standing treatment to the Mayan's capacity for peculiarities that continue to elude our grasp. I think wow. that guy was making money at the end of the article by using the biggest words he could come up with. That was a but long story, too. I thought it was over. The well, I was involving you guys in conversation. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I paused. I took those rejoinders mm -hmm. then to go back into the story. But what is interesting to me about Mandela Effect, okay, I will throw away everything from 1995 to today for false memories because with the – uh, indoctrination of the internet into our daily mm -hmm. life. There has been so many bad stories, so many bad false stories. narratives that have been put yeah, out there. And sure. I felt really proud standing on that, on that base. And then I started thinking, wait, Mikey died from mixing um, jolt <laughs> soda and pop rocks. That's totally loaded. different. That's an urban legend. That's not and, a Mandela effect. Right. But people remember that and they talk about, oh, no, he died back then. And then that yeah, Jerry Mathers, the Eve, died serving in Vietnam. No, he didn't do that. Yeah. No. People had the memory so bad that they actually had Jerry Mathers and um, uh, Tony Dow appear on an old Saturday Night Live news story when they said, yeah, news is broken that. Uh, that uh, Jerry Mathers passed away in the 
Vietnam War. And then they went to the screen and it's Tony Dow. And he goes, come here, you little knucklehead. Why? And it was Jerry Mathers and him talking. But there were false stories and false death stories. But a lot of people, especially in this new environment, they see a headline online. Oh, my God, I can't believe Greg Lawson, the paranormal detective, fell off a cliff. Yeah, and, and then that's the last thing they remember. And then they really don't follow Greg Lawson. So when eight years later, all of a sudden it pops up, Greg's on this amazing podcast. And they're like, wait, that, didn't that redheaded fool didn't, die years ago falling off a cliff? Wasn't he interviewed on the Natalie Wood drowning? Yeah. You look good tonight. Your your skin color's lighter. Are you doing oh, something? Oh, really? Is it a, I got a new light. Oh, no, the, I got new lights. I'm, I'm not in the studio. I'm in, I'm in the lab. I can see that. Yeah. Well, no, obviously you've got really good overhead lighting. I can see it behind you. And apparently the sun coming through the window here at 920 at night, yeah. lighting you up in Texas. Are you guys like very close to the Pacific timeline? Is that why it's still light there? No, I'm, I'm pre-recorded. Oh, oh that, that makes, makes sense. It's even weirder. But what do you guys make, honestly, of the concept that we can have these memories, uh -huh. but it goes beyond just Dave Schrader mismembering something. Because I could mention something and Tress was like, yes, that is exactly what happened. Then we go look it up. It is not what happened. This group collective, this mind collective, that where it's where it starts getting a little bit more unusual to me. Because people that are maybe don't run in the same circles, wouldn't know the same things. They do remember certain elements of these false memories. What, I what, feel what, like it's uh, kids are stupid. For fun, oh, like the, the beginning <laughs> of it, and a lot of it is like, "Hey, I remember this as a kid." No, you don't. You mm. remember what you think you remember, how you interpreted it, how you remember it is just like you're a stupid kid. If you were talking about adults wow. doing this, it's just you probably heard a mor a morsel of something. You probably interpreted it some way, or you just uh, were listening in passing. I don't. Oh, Thank you, God. Oh, boring. God. Oh, going, man. Totally taking us out of the hole. Of the I don't know what's uh, blah, blah, blah. What this the hell is was that all about? I don't know. It's like she got mad or something. I don't know what's going on here. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, hey, hi. Hey, too, uh, anyway, I love the Mandela effect because it's like a group mind thing where everyone's like, can you believe this happened? No crazy. one believes us. It happened, yeah. though, right? Yeah, it yeah. did. It did happen. Yeah. Um, hey, before I forget, I do want to make a quick acknowledgement to Mark G, one of our admin who watches over our group chat during the live shows. It's his birthday today. <gasps> Happy birthday, oh Mark my G. God. Unless, unless I'm having we go. Like a, a we really go. dumb uh, memory and and not remembering properly that it's his birthday. Oh, you just whipped that hat out for any. Wow. She's got her wardrobe like right beside yeah, her. Right wow. Her whole wardrobe staff and everything. Yeah. But Mark G did like your quote, kids are stupid. <laughs> we see 2023. Hashtag yeah. kids are stupid. Yeah. Uh, I believe it is Mark's birthday. So happy birthday, Mark. If happy it's birthday, not, shut friend. up and just accept oh, yeah. the happy birthday wishes. Why do you got to be a jerk and bring up that it's really not? Man, some people and their kids, huh? So Mandela effect, what, Greg, any last thoughts on the Mandela effect that aren't going to make me disconnect you? No, I think it's a fantastic um, uh, and interesting topic. Mm. You know, yeah. I know the Mandela effect almost got me again because I looked in my fridge and I saw those Affy Tapple beer and I was mm -hmm. like, 
Oh, that oh, sounds delicious. I'm going to have one of those again. Yeah. And then I went, I think I have a memory somewhere no, back there. That you loved it, is what I remember. Ever. No, <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Yeah, no, I remember that you loved it. Yeah. I don't. Uh, you are you guys one. sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Have to try that you couldn't stop talking about how much you loved it. Yeah. yeah. Are you sure I wasn't referring to Mark G? I love him. He's an amazing yeah. man. It He's might have been man. that. Yeah. Thank man. you, Mark G. Um, okay. So. Yeah, Mandela effect. I still think that there's some elements to it that are pretty interesting. That there is kind of this weird hiccup in the matrix. That there's an interesting aspect of our memory being so fallible. That is it like the hundred monkey effect, right? Uh, where when a, the the hundredth monkey figures out that if I pick up this stick and shove it into the ant hill, the ants will climb up the stick. And then I could withdraw it and eat the ants off of the stick. And then I don't have to dig around and get bit. I can just then do that. And then all of a sudden, monkeys around the world start to have this global awakening. It might even explain the, the idea behind how the temples were made and the pyramids around the world was that if an entire culture created and focused on this, are we kind of telegraphing up through the Akashic records and people are downloading I, don't know. Hmm. I like don't that know. a lot. I had never thought about that. If anything else, I it would like be a multi-dimensional thing to me where hey, right. maybe we just had a rift for a second and we just remembered it weird from a different dimension. Yeah, just for that one brief second. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Fascinating stuff. Uh we have one more kind of sciencey story. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle that one as well, if you don't mind. I want to have a little yes. bit more of a conversation on this too uh, yeah let's knock that out let's knock 20, it out. 26 minutes in we've got one story under our belt but it was an exciting interesting story yeah yeah and for many of you watching who mm. may think that you've sent money through super stickers and super likes you're having a mandela issue because you haven't <laughs> you haven't you have not as a matter of fact, as I look, nope, nope, nobody there. So show some love, show a little, uh, show a little tenderness, as one would Maybe say. Maybe we need a uh, a banker on the show. Yeah, maybe a, a banker. Should I start wearing a monocle, guys? Yeah. Mm. Would that look good if I just yes. had like a monocle? It would have to be the other eye because it would fall out of that one. That's true. I'm very squinty. You're very yeah. eyebrowy. Let's see. Well, really? experts have begun studying psychology of aliens. In a recent piece for Psychology Today, Dr. Eric Hazeltine, who you see on the screen here, a former intelligence officer and neuroscientist, uh, discussed some brave behavioral scientists who have risked the ridicule of their peers to extend the investigation of non-earthly life forms into the realm of psychology. Hazeltine, uh, intrigued by the concept of exopsychology, tells the Daily Express that the motivations of the original exopsychologists were quite varied, but the chief motivation was to learn more about humans by exploring the motivations of non-humans. That's hmm. fascinating. Although he considers himself to be a hardcore bench scientist impressed only by hard data. Oh, I got some hard data for you. And a man who regularly rolls his eyes at the tinfoil hat brigade. That's oh. our people, doctor. Hazeltine insists that the few dozen sightings by military pilots and radar operators cannot be explained away by atmospheric effects or optical illusions. For this reason, he believes that extraterrestrial life is very likely just by the mere numbers of galaxies, habitable planets, life, he adds, can flourish even in the vacuum 
of space. Am I keeping you awake, Greg? I heard that yawn. You might want to mute yeah, next time. I mean, we're talking science. We're bringing intelligent educational conversation <laughs> to our broad-minded, intelligent audience. And Greg's going to yawn. Sorry. Yeah. On the cat. topic of exopsychology, it's important to remember that to date, the field lacks any object to study. In the words of science writer Dees O'Leary, it's a discipline without a subject. Not a single exobacterium, let alone an intelligent alien, has ever been found, or so they think. In 2017, researchers at Oxford University actually published an interesting paper suggesting that aliens may have evolved in a similar manner to us. As they noted at the time, it's likely that extraterrestrial life, if it exists, will have undergone natural selection. And because of this, we can make further predictions about their biology based on the theory of natural selection. As for how they might communicate, well, Dr. Karen Stoll's now an expert on alien language. If we don't have one to examine... Hmm. How do we have an expert on alien language? You know, I was thinking of the same thing. Maybe she's just a linguist who is very smart. Cunning. She's a cunning yeah, linguist. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. That, wow. She's an expert on alien language. Did she? Because she watched Mork and Mindy and yes. My Favorite Martian and other alien-like shows that are eluding my mind at this point. I mean, Elf. I mean, they all spoke English. English. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she's just really good at English. Maybe possibly. <laughs> I want to know how one becomes an alien language expert. Anyway, if aliens exist, communication may be vastly different on their planet, galaxy, or universe. Oh, no kidding, Doc. Theoretically, <laughs> completely different galaxy on a completely different planet. They may not be speaking fluent English. As we start on the show. Star Trek, they talk to everybody. Everybody speaks English in Star Trek. No, no that's the uh, Universal Translator. Thank you. you know, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Oh, it is. It says so in the show. Yeah. Many times, all the right? time. Yeah. Same with Doctor Who. Wherever they go, the TARDIS is translating it into English for me. Such a buffoon, Greg. I know. Uh, speaking wow. of Doctor Who, I'm going to be doing a trip to England in November for the 61st hmm. anniversary because anybody can celebrate the 60th. I'm going for the 61st <laughs> anniversary of Doctor Who, and I want you guys to join me. We're going to be going. We're going to be having a great time. We're going to get to visit some famous Doctor Who sites. We might even get to meet an actor or two from the TV series. Ah. There's no telling what could happen when you hang out with Dave Schrader. You'll get more information about that eventually at darknessevents.com. Just keep paying attention. I'll let you know when to find it there. All right. So let's get back into this crazy-ass article uh, with an alien language expert. Uh, anyway, unlike the Oxford academics, she believes that alien species will have taken a different evolutionary path to humankind with radical differences in biology and ecology that could have an effect on culture and cognition. I think I too am an expert on alien language <laughs> and alien lives. What a, anyway, moreover, she adds human to alien translation wouldn't be the same as human to human translation. Ah. Doctor of redundancy and uh, common sense. Yeah, that's good. Which begs the question would we even recognize an alien language as a language? Well, you're the alien expert, Doc. Thank you. 
What the Why hell? Why are you asking us questions? Who, what is this? Idiot. It, she, dude, she got a grant. Give her a break, man. She's, so she's thinking the TV she's show the Hunters, a Grant Wilson. It doesn't make him an expert <laughs> in alien language. Well, you know. Hard to believe this, but uh, uh, old Karen Stoles now is also skeptical. Ah. Yeah, their communication might not even contain sounds as such, says the respected academic. We don't even know if they have the biology for language. Listen, Dr. Karen Stoles now, Dave at Paranormal60.com. Email me. Come on and defend yourself because in all honesty, you sound like a lunatic in this article. And I got to guess, it's bad journalism or you're insane. One or the two. Can you just, Dave at Paranormal60.com, you and I can go toe-to-toe with my barely eighth grade education Uh and your education Mm -hmm. from uh, Jerry's college and foot massage, I'm guessing. (laughs) I could be wrong. Um, Their communication, she suggests, could involve color like chameleons or methods based on taste, touch, smell, or electrical impulses. She just watched science fiction movies. <laughs> yeah, she's like, showing these movies. That makes her an expert? She saw a cuttlefish one time. She's like, oh, he's saying he's hungry. I will have you know that the name is not what you think it is. He was not cuddly at all and mm. very slimy. Oh, did not like oh. that at all. In short, alien language would be more evolved and complex than ours. How do we know that? What's complex? Because they can beat out a rhythm on a couple of bones. That to them is good language. When we is speaking just great languages here. Speaking? Yeah. Language? Yeah. We'd be speaking language. Yeah. Basically, she concludes, to communicate with aliens, we'd have to find some kind of common ground. How about hot dogs? Hot dog (laughs) and uh, the fun. Yes. The Fonz, he got along with angels. He uh-huh. got along with uh, Mork. Yeah. He got along with the devil. I mean, uh-huh. he was able to defeat them all and deal with their nonsense. So Jeff the Fonz, the Fonz, Dolly Parton, and hot dogs, and <gasps> we, it's the universal language of cool. I want to go to that party. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah. An idiot. We are reminded, though, that <laughs> our modern science is only a century old. But the aliens that reach our doorstep with their spacecraft are likely to be far more advanced than we are because we have not arrived at their doorstep. Maybe they just have a stronger rubber band they've twisted to get here. Hmm. Okay. A lot of guesswork okay. in the science journal get paper. Out. What the hell? I don't, hmm. I feel filthy no. after reading that story, to be honest with you. Sure. I, feel, I feel a little dirty listening to it. Yeah. A lot of science that just seems like... Hmm. It's called it's called uh, pseudoscience. Pseudoscience. Yeah, I don't know about it. Not thrilled with it. Cuttlefish language. Yeah, you know what will make me feel better? A real grasp of mm. our language, of the of the language we <laughs> oh, speak no. here on, on mm. our planet. Mm. There's only one person I know I can trust no, with a story no. uh, from foreign lands to talk about no, 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 and no. share wow. that language uh, knowledge. And we're going to get to her right Damn after it. we discuss this very next thing that is almost as important as that story. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. 
and we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's better. Help, H E L P dot com slash P sixty. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp dot com slash P sixty. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Hey, folks, the Palmer House Awakening event is up and available. If you would like to join me. And Sarah Lamos, the medium and psychic from TV shows like Ghosts of Morgan City and Ghost Town Terror, and paranormal tech guru Kevin Swanson, we're going to be out at the Palmer House Hotel in Sauk Center, Minnesota, April 12th through the 14th of 2024. We put the tickets on sale this morning. We are more than half sold out already. If you're interested, darknessevents.com. We have an amazing weekend lined up for you. We're going to be teaching and working on mediumship and psychic abilities communicating with the spirit world. We're going to work on a couple of different uh, philosophies and ideas of mediumship and hope that we can all begin to tap into the spiritual realm. And on day two, we'll be taking more of a tactical approach using some of the different equipment and experiences and experiments that are available out there. If you'd like to join me and be a part of this amazing, amazing event, then all you have to do is go to darknessevents.com. That's darknessevents.com. Sweet tea might even join me there. She's, she's on the fence. She's been like, "Ah, I got family. And then today I found out you actually, you literally have family from Sauk Center, Minnesota. That's true. My grandfather was born there. Very nice. See? Grampy? In prison, yeah. yes. Yeah. Grampy in prison? He was born in prison? Yes, he was. Wow. Your yes. family is fascinating. It we should maybe really... just have you on to talk about your family instead no, of science. I don't. No? You're yeah. right. Instead, I think what we need to do is just be quiet and let you read the next story oh, all so by fine. yourself. Ladies and Hi, everyone. We're going to talk about paranormal group issues serious warning over sacred sites. I like it. Paranormal Supernatural Investigations Ireland, PSII, was contacted by a farmer in the, it says county, but I think it's supposed to say country. No, it's the county. It's a In Ireland, they have counties. They call them counties, but they're really cities in our towns and villages. All right. Who has a fairy fort on his land where he says strange activity tends to happen inside. Fairy forts are circular remains of ancient dwellings, some of which are nearly 3,000 years old. They are associated with myth, folklore, and superstitions. We were contacted by a, far- 
farmer who has had the fairy port <laughs> on his land happened. for generations. Shut Did you just dislocate your uvula? Yes, and he believes that strange activity happens mm -hmm. inside it, Mr. Morrison explained. He had reached out to us to investigate the fairy fort as he knew that we focus on folklore, mythology, and paranormal. We would never remove the fairy fort from his land as he believes it would give him and his family ill fate. The group carried out an investigation at the fairy fort in Galway and captured strange, spooky images taken at a fairy fort in Galway recently, which they claim show a supernatural entity. After doing more research, we found that fairies are shapeshifters and can take on the image of a wolf, said Richard Morrison of PSII. He believes the spooky images captured during the investigation in Galway are just the tip of the iceberg regarding fairy forts, with more than 30,000 of the ancient sites scattered around the country. We believe that these forts hold supernatural power, added Mr. Morrison. We posted this picture up on our Facebook page six days ago, and it got a very strong response from members of our public. We believe it to be we believe it to be is a translucent image of a wolf. I'm not wrong. That's a weird sentence. It is, it is but it's written in a foreign language. I'm an As, alien expert. I know these things. Oh, yeah. fascinating. Mm -hmm. As do some members of the public. Uh -huh. We must remember that fairies are nothing like how Hollywood portrays them to be, like Tinkerbell, mm. etc. Mr. Morrison <laughs> said... Hmm. Yeah. Mr. Morrison said that the members of PSII are fascinated by the country's strong connection to fairies and folklore, and they're discovering more as they continue to investigate these areas. Mr. Morrison and his team want to remind people that this is nothing to fool with or take lightheartedly. Messing in areas like this can prove to be very dangerous to individuals that take on the task without respect and understanding of the situation back to you dave that's a good point sweetie i like Thank the way you, you ended that with such depth and knowledge mm -hmm. of that oh uh, did you guys see it that. now when i look at the first picture i would not see anything that looks like a wolf to me or a translucent ghost wolf just looks like trees maybe part of a broken tree trunk we then enlarge said photograph and a broken tree trunk starts to look kind of like a wily e. coyote look at that guy do you see it? I yeah. don't. Yeah, he's up at the top there, sweetie. No, I, I see the picture. I just don't. It just, it's mm. blobby. You know, a guy named Dave Schrader took me to Ireland one time. Oh, mm -hmm. look. And he took me to a fairy tree and a fairy fort. And it was pretty amazing. And that's one of the takeaways from Ireland for me is why they don't study the fairy forts more. Because they're amazing. You, you look at them. You, you saw the pictures that you just threw up there. That is amazing to me. And, and I'm just wondering what in the world they were. I mean, was it truly just one little hut in the center and you were just protecting your family? Yeah. Or are there tunnels going off of those things underneath? Because some of them look, you know, they're they're round at the top and some of them look collapsed. Yeah. Uh, and they're they're like a. Well, I think you know, they have done crater. some study, but they realize that when they start poking into it, things bad things start happening. So they associate yeah. it with yeah. messing with these elementals and these fae or fairy folk, and it's you know they don't like the results necessarily. I find it absolutely fascinating. One of the most fascinating 
situations where you have real evidence of something, physical evidence. It's amazing. I like it. Interesting stuff. All right, paranormal detective, the hey, floor is yours. Where uh, where are we going next? Uh, let's go to Tanzania. Let's do this. Uh, creepy figures with huge heads found painted in a rock shelter in Tanzania. Hmm. Brought to you by the Paranormal 60. You like that? Yeah. That good, right? We could like put taglines in. Like dun, that. Dun, dun, right. dun, dun. I like that. Right. Tonight on the Paranormal 60 News. Mm-hmm. Creepy figures with huge heads found painted in a rock shelter in Tanzania. In 2018, archaeologists made a staggering discovery in Swaga Swaga Game Reserve in central Tanzania. Yes, it's Make that up. Swaga Swaga. Swaga Swaga. All right. Yep. 52 previously undocumented rock shelters deliberately painted with rock art. And when I read that, I thought, you know, Chachi would really love this particular thing because it's got, you know, rock, rock art. And I don't think that's the same thing. Okay. He likes rock and roll music. Oh, so rock. Okay. All right. So let's move on. Uh, Weathering had mostly destroyed all but a handful, but those that were preserved, one was an absolute enigma. That's what they called it, an enigma. The site named Amaki 4 Mm -hmm. was elaborately painted with a collection of figurative art, including mysterious anthropomorphic... (laughs) 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 Anthro what? Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic, damn it. (laughs) Anthropomorphic. (laughs) Anthropomorphic. Everybody just have a bunch of drinks. Uh, just drinking. Yes, people are spitting stuff in their living room. All right, Ah, figures with extremely oversized heads. Anthro, anthropomorphic. Yep. Uh, Amaki four panel is difficult to date, but Marche Gregslick was able to gauge that it was at least a few hundred years old. Uh, it was painted uh, almost entirely with red pigment, except for five figures in white. The weathering on the pigment and the absence of domestic animals suggested that the situation and the paintings were fairly old, dating back to the time of hunter-gatherer societies in the region. Mm. Depicted on the panel are animals that appear to resemble wildebeest, inland buffalo, and even a giraffe as well as a smattering of human-like figures with large heads. But one group stands out. Particularly noteworthy among the Amaki four painting is a scene that centers around three images, Greg Licks wrote in his paper published in 2021. Whatever they may be, the strange figures are not without precedent. Not from the Amaki 4, no, not far from the Amaki 4, is the Kandoa region of central Tanzania, where two rock shelter paintings in particular bear a strong resemblance to the trio. At the site in Kolo B, three figures are depicted standing together. At Kolo B1, three figures are depicted horizontally, although lying on the ground. In all three sites, the figures are connected by a line across their midsection, and all three have similar arrangements and directions of their hands and arms. Amaki 4 does have some important differences. The mm. heads seem to be filled with solid color, and they seem much more important to the action around them. The that. figures, what? 
I said, I see that in the photograph. Uh-huh. Yeah. The figures from MIK4 are noticeably bigger than those at Colo. And this makes the main motif of the central focal point around which the rest of the narrative seems to take place. In contrast, the images at Colo are isolated depictions with no clear connections to the rest of the paintings. Mm. Greg Flicks wrote. Greg Back to you, Dave. Wrote. What was that last? Greg Flicks wrote. Greslick wrote. Greslick. Ah, I see yeah. that. Hey, let's yeah. take Reporting for the Paranormal 60 News. Yeah. yeah. Judy R., thank you for $5. Hey. Love to see you there, Judy R. G.O. Mandela in full effect has thrown $5 our way as well. That's because the, uh, the, the love is out there, and I see it, and I thank you for sharing it with us, folks. Thank you for that. It's always sweet. Remember, you can also make donations at Paranormal 60 for Venmo. At, that's that little A in the circle, oh. Paranormal 60. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's weird to pander for money, but <laughs> it's not going to just make itself show up in my lap, is it? Let's get going. We got more stories to share. Uh, this one, sweet tea. You got some words in wow. this one. Here we oh, go. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Let's okay. see what you got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. You know what? Yeah. Words. Wow. Look at her. She's pulling back the hair. She's. Here she goes. It's going to be rough for all of us. I just need you. So we should just get our drinks in hand now. Okay. Okay. A little energy, little breathe in, breathe out. Uh, breathe you know, in, breathe out, breathe in. No? I tried to like wow. edit it so it was phonetic, but I'm gonna go uh, ahead and mute. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do it. Hey, let's talk about the mystery of Finland's eerie devil's church cave. Oh yeah. Visitors to Piran Kirko in Heinola, Finland, have often felt the presence of some sort of spirit within a mysterious cave. The mm. cave, which is known by the rather unsavory nickname of Devil's Church, measures only 111 feet in length, but has, over the years, become synonymous with tales of spirits and eerie presence. According to folklore, an individual named Kino Lainen once used the cave to perform magic rituals. Kino Lainen would take his patients to the church to talk with the devil about the causes and cures of their ailments, huh. said researcher Rita Rainio of the University of that. Eastern Finland. Yeah. This kind of healing, shut up, uh, ritual often included loud yelling, <laughs> stomping, shooting, and banging. These days, the cave attracts visitors from all over Finland and beyond who venture inside in the hope of experiencing the uncanny sensation that someone or something is in there with them. Now though, Rainio and colleague Alina Hytonen Ing believe that they have discovered the precise reason why people feel this way in the cave, and it is all due to. See, it's it's so fine that I can do these other words, and then I get to the easy easy ones, and I can't even say the easy ones that I'm not reading. It's just it's nonsense right now. Words is hard. We've so hard. Put it out there. I feel this way in the cave, and it is all to do with its acoustics. In particular, the cave's unique shape produces a distinct resonance phenomenon that serves to lengthen and amplify sounds that occur inside. 
where a researcher of acoustics hears oh, most residents. caves do that wait, wait yes! I know most caves when you send her and you hello, hello, hello did you hear the recordings of it because yeah it just sounds like a cave Niner, 49er, Niner, Niner. Where a researcher of acoustics hears as resonance, people of the past may have sensed the presence of a spirit and a shaman. God. A shamanic, shamanic practitioner <laughs> may feel the presence of I'm an exceptional energy. Thank you. <laughs> Each according to their background, the uh -huh. researcher wrote. Hey, Dave, thank you for that story. That was a no, real treat for thank me. Thank you, sweet tea, for that story. Thank you so yeah. much for that. Reading is fun for mentals, and you've proven that. Mm. Let's clear our palate. Everybody lift your glasses to your lips while we think about this. Innovation, creation, vitality, and joy are the pulse of MySoulTopia.com. With many custom creations for the mind, body, and spirit, along with classes, intuitive sessions, coaching, and healing energies. MySoulTopia.com strives to bring sophistication with a twist to the metaphysical and the holistic market, while raising the community's vibration and channeling the new paradigm which means new and exciting adventures for all. MySoulTopia.com is utopia for your soul. Visit MySoulTopia.com, your one-stop shop for all your metaphysical needs. Offering hand-selected crystals and crystal jewelry with prices to fit every budget. MySoulTopia.com offers the best selections of tarot and divination cards by top designers expertly curated and award-winning book collections from top authors on every subject you'll need on your spiritual journey. My Soultopia is also proud to offer the finest singing bowls and an eclectic collection of the most amazing gemstones, crystals, and crystal jewelry from the top metaphysical designers in the world. MySoulTopia.com is always your one-stop shop for award-winning mixes of Florida water, sage spray, and other spiritual protection. So begin your journey with the best resource, MySoulTopia.com. That's MySoulTopia.com. Why mess with the rest when you can start with the best? MySoulTopia.com. Again, that's M-Y-S-O-U-L. T-O-P-I-A dot com. All right, we are back. And there is a collective concern about you, sweet tea, that your voice is just too quiet. I'm just a delicate flower is all. Is I it? tried to turn up my mic wow. a little bit. Is this any better? I is think this you sounded better? fine. I'm not noticing a difference, but let's go with there. Uh, uh, Cherie says, Dave, my volume was, was low also, not just Loki. A few of us couldn't hear sweet tea. What are you oh, doing to me, Dave? I'm not doing anything. I have no control over your microphone. And I, I don't, you sounded good muted? to me. Hey, Tammy Coverly, happy birthday, Mark G, she says. And uh, words are hard, drinks all around. She throws five bucks at us through the Venmo account. Boom, through the Venmo. Yeah, that's pretty nice. I like it. All right, people <laughs> seem to think that you sound a little bit better now. So there, you feel better about it? Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, read me that headline. Greg, from your next story. Oh, wow. Loch Ness Monster DNA test claims to reveal truth about creature. 
Dr. Egg, you are the father. Wow. Maury has told us, yeah. No doubt. I'm yeah. sure there's quite a few uh, schools of fish in the Pacific Ocean that I've known. Oh, what have you been yeah. doing? What? Yeah, you know, what are you long, saying? Long, long time ago. Yeah, new DNA. we're talking about. Yeah, no. What is this a manatee situation? You found mermaids? No, 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 no. Okay, Columbus. I I commune with the fishes. Dude, that's not better. No, No? just read the story as. Yeah, stop. Although this is not going to come off any better once you start reading it. So new DNA tests show the Loch Ness monster is an algae-based creature, according to filmmakers. Wow, what is that? That's the oh, uh, pie that's chart. A, that's yeah. very Look at that thing. Oh. Yeah. yeah. He's 99.09% Cellophora. Cellophora. Uh, I don't know what either of those things are. Ova. Yeah, let's, let's move on. I don't expect you guys to know that science. So, so the largest search for Nessie in more than 50 years took place this August, where volunteer investigators collected water samples from the famous Locks Borlam Bay. Mm-hmm. Documentary filmmakers working on a television series, Weird Britain, were at the Loch Ness to chronicle the hunt for Nessie and for season finale of their show. Producers decided to send water samples that they had collected away for environmental DNA analysis after investigators Maddie Wiles, 49, and Aga Balanstick. Balanska. It's the names. Alga Balanska. Are you uh, Um, wearing taffeta or something there, sweet tea? Because I keep hearing the ruffle of taffeta. I'm wearing a shirt. Should I take that off? off? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Lots of noise. I'm sorry, Greg's trying to tell us about names he can't pronounce, and I really. All right, so Maddie and Aga, yeah, uh, yeah. spotted two humps and a third appendage, uh, potentially a head. Yeah, it was just like that (laughs) in the water when they were uh, going for an early morning swim. Mm. Maddie and Aga captured photos and videos of their experience and shared their findings with the Loch Ness Exploration, a group set up to investigate the mysteries of the loch that was coordinating this search. Samples were delivered to a private laboratory in Colorado, USA, named Jonah Ventures, which was founded in 2013 uh, with the aim of helping scientists answer ecological questions by sequencing environmental dna dave you know uh you and i have had conversations with uh uh uh, dr shay steingas about environmental dna and how how that will help out a lot of uh the mysteries of um, cryptids and and those sorts of things and since this new technology is coming up no telling what we're going to find out in the next couple of uh couple of i don't know Years, Decades. five, ten years. Do you think Decades we're going to have some more solid answers to Nessie in the next five to ten years? Ah, well, that we just figured out that it's an algae-based it's creature. Not. The word is algae, I believe. Yeah, you know, uh, it's yeah. tomato, tomato. No, it's really <laughs> algae. Yeah, yeah, the tardis, tardis. Yeah, yeah, tardis, oh. tardis. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, there's <laughs> more. I'm sorry. Oh, oh yeah, it's like four pages long. African <laughs> environmental DNA. 
state-of-the-art method amplifying traces of DNA left behind by animals in its habitat. Two of the algae were uh, recorded with experts suggesting that this in, in indicates it, it, it indicates get it out for <laughs> This thing is running. I'm, I'm Dry, running out yeah. of stuff. Obviously, you need to wet your whistle to read better. Indicates Nessie may be algae based. And if you want me to say it like the Americans speak English, algae, algae Thank based. You. It's Thank spelled you. with a. Thank it's you. a G. Yeah. It's not a J. It's algae. Well, in that case, then it should be algae. Oh. Because wow. F A E is the fe, and G A E would be gay. So uh, algae. The language. Hey, I mean, what are you an? What are you an alien language expert or something? Ah! I'm, I'm a cryptid language expert. See how I went full circle. That's oh, yeah. how you do. That's, you yeah. I'm getting a phone call from Nessie. What? <laughs> it is algae. Algae. Yeah. What? Yes. Yeah. He's a buffoon. We know. But he's wow. You know. I'll Thanks tell you what. Calling, Nessie. This Sorry. buffoon right here is about to uh, present some uh, testimony for some science stuff here. So. Um, TV presenter, uh-huh. TV presenter, and cryptozoologist uh-huh. Tim Gerhardt commented. They detected algae, but he's from Texas, so he probably said algae. <laughs> which, of course, is an exciting news if considered the possibility that Nessie is a giant algae blob monster. Yeah, the show's producer, Tim Wittard added the ability to now make use of new eDNA analysis techniques presented an exciting step forward for wildlife researchers and may help us find out the answers to some of the most fascinating and puzzling mysteries in the natural world. The TV series Weird Britain by Dragonfly Films is set to be released in early 2024. This is Greg Lawson reporting for the Paranormal 60 News. Back to you, Dave Schrader. All right. Loki throws $9.99 our way, claiming she knows who the father of Loki is. And uh, look at this. Music throws us $5. Happy birthday, Mark G. Thank you, Paranormal 60. Pronounced music. Thank you. I figured that out. After the <laughs> time I've tried to say your name there. So thank you. Thank you all for uh, sending your, your uh, wow. money my way because uh, I need it. That's plain and simple. Hey, wow. let me make a quick mention. If you go to darknessevents.com uh, or paranormal60.com and you see the little buttons along the top, you'll see our shop. And if you click on the shop, you can go in and find all kinds of cool Paranormal 60 gear. And there's all kinds of amazing stuff. That's there. so also, convenient. It's Christmas time. People need like gifts. Right there. And that's why sure it brings right me now. to this next bit. If you oh. go there and you go to our Amazon front, our Amazon storefront, and then you go in through one of those stores and go ahead and bookmark that. Because anytime you purchase while going in through my my links, a very small percentage of every sale, very small, goes my way. And I don't know, eventually I might be able to afford a bottle of Grecian formula and turn this uh, this white that. cap upside down and turn a little dark. Don't do that. Look at this thing, man. This thing's itchy. Yeah, you got I saw that. You're kind of uh kind of looking like an elder statesman now. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Are you hunting or something? No, I'm just no. Uh, professoring. Just lazy from not shaving. I got no, you. I'm I'm very motivated and I'm a very uh, active person. That's that's one take on it. Hey, let me throw this at you. Coming off of the Loch Ness monster story, it's time for a movie review, and it's not <gasps> a con for the review. I want to do one of those. Oh. 
swear to God, I'm going <laughs> to just kick him. So listen, opening up December 1st, nationwide, Godzilla minus one. Japanese new entry into the Godzilla franchise, and they take it back to the very beginning. Literally, they take it back. I heard this was a sequel to the original Godzilla movie. It is not. In fact, I believe this is the beginning of their new series because this takes you back to 1945, takes you to the end of World War II, tells you the story of some of the people there. It was, I will be honest with you, it was very shocking to see this Japanese film about these Japanese characters surviving World War II and their apathy and irritation towards their own country. It's oh. really strange, but they, they wrap this really interesting family dynamic into the movie. You know, Godzilla movies have always been about kind of how people are affected by the things in the world around them. So people that go to see a Godzilla movie just expecting it's going to be stomping and crashing, you're not going to get that. But it is a beautifully told story from start to finish. I will warn you, Japanese language, English subtitles. So there is some reading that is oh. involved. But it was brought to my attention tonight that the Japanese language is interesting. Because in order to say, <laughs> what was that? It goes... So you have time to read the little blurb on the screen and then still see the screen and he's still talking. And he just said, what is that? So you do have that of a cognitive ability to read it quickly and watch a screen because that's how the language appears to work. But this movie, mm. the CGI. Look at that guy. Unbelievable. This movie is great. If you are a Godzilla nerd like I am and you love these kind of films, and I've loved the new American version of the Godzilla and Kong storyline and MonsterVerse and the Monarch series, I love it. I love it unabashedly, unashamedly. The little boy in me has been living the life for the last 20 years with superhero movies, Godzilla movies, everything from my youth coming to life in front of me beautifully told. And this Godzilla movie might be one of the finest Godzilla movies ever made it is beautifully done oh, wow. beautifully acted wow. beautifully filmed the the story is great it's empathetic towards all sides during the war it's so interesting and then like i said the cgi and the work that they put into godzilla and i think i think this might be their first i know there's been small visions of godzilla appearing in other movies that were cgi in japan but i think this is the first godzilla title where godzilla is all cgi and not the man in the rubber suit uh, maybe Shin Godzilla was uh, was CGI, but I, I can't recall. Anyway, it's amazing. Although I will say there is one scene that I'm showing the picture of right now with Godzilla. It's very Jaws yeah, feel to this scene. He needs a bigger boat. Way bigger boat. But <laughs> I had to laugh because Godzilla's face in this totally looks like my dumb pit bull when he's sitting on the couch <laughs> and wants to eat my snacks. He is that sweet, dumb, big, round face. Aww. And that's what I kept thinking of as Godzilla was galumping through the water trying to eat this little uh, fishing boat. Great movie. One to five phantoms. One being not worth your time. Uh, the Babadook all the way to five phantoms. <laughs> I'm going to put this in at a solid four four and a half phantoms i would have given it five if it was dubbed in english oh that's the only thing just because i'm i'm a lazy reader yeah. but they did it very uh instagrammy they did it very twittery because everything is just like quick sentences throughout the entire movie i'm, I'm pretty sure they were i'm pretty sure they were saying more stuff but for the new 
in, you know, the new American people is like, just use like three to five words. That's we just it. call those babies. All right. Yeah. New American people. <laughs> so weird. Weird. So definitely go see Godzilla minus one. Why is it called Godzilla minus one? That's an excellent question. Thank because you. Great question. God. Okay. So what happens is Japan was at its lowest point after the attacks on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And it was at zero. Okay, so Tokyo zero, Japan zero. With the emergence of Godzilla, they went below zero. It was, you know, it wow. lower than zero. That's how bad things were getting in Japan. It's good. Go see yeah. it. If you're, Even if you're not a Godzilla fan, you're a freak if you're not. <laughs> because I said so. I'm Dave Schrader. Yeah. And that is the more you know. And I just ordered my shirt. Oh, you ordered a what? I just ordered a Paranormal 60 shirt. I hope you paid full price and didn't use the discount code because that's really... That's what I did. I've been been waiting for my shirt for two years now. For what? You were waiting for what? I had it coming over from Japan in a (laughs) ship. It was eaten by a very large creature. My apologies, Greg. Uh, Wow. Yeah. So let's get to this. My final story of the night is here. Um, I do want to make a quick mention as well. The Paranormal 60 Audio Network, full of great shows now. Mondays, you get to tune in and hear uh, New England Legends with Mm -hmm. Jeff and Ray. On Tuesday, on the Audio Network, you get the Paranormal 60. Mm -hmm. On Wednesday, you get Into the Obscure with Sweet Tea, Jenny, and Kara. Great show. Lots of fun. As a matter Mm -hmm. of fact, yesterday, they did a show with Jeff Belanger going more into the yeah, more into the creepy Christmas theme, mm-hmm. more than even wow. so that we covered on this show. So it's a good follow-up. Thursdays, you're going to get the Paranormal 60 News on the Audio Network. And on Fridays, you get True Hauntings podcast from Australia with our friends Anne and Renata. That's wow. all I would say about that. So check it out. If you haven't already subscribed to the Audio Podcast Network, go subscribe. Best of all, yeah. for the holidays. the holidays i'll let you subscribe for free (gasps) wow oh my god you're so generous yeah i mean it's free all the time but right now specifically it's free for everybody so go check it out uh not greg greg it's still a dollar 89 a month for you but that's because you're testing out the beta version of our Mm -hmm. subscription panel uh let's get to our last story shall we i had not heard of these i had not heard of these have you guys ever heard of witch bottles oh yeah oh yeah i think so Okay, sweet tea. What is a witch bottle? I don't know. I think I've heard of it. Like uh, spells Mandela inside effect, a jar, it? and then you yeah. you bury it, and there's all hair and crap. Well, in you there. can bury it, or you can put it in the water. Or you can, yeah. It depends I, on. I said what... I think I've heard of it. Okay, I'm not an expert. Greg, yeah. uh, Greg is obviously a witch uh, language expert, and this story <laughs> comes to us from the great state of Texas. Hmm. Yeah, let's go into this. Learned about uh, witch bottles. Witch bottles have been washing ashore on the beaches of Texas. People can find all kinds of random items when out there on the beaches in the coastal bend. But what about an item that can cast a 16th century witch's spell on you? Well, witch bottles date back as far as the 16th century, and according to lore, contain spells or even evil spirits trapped inside them. Researcher Jace Tennell has found a number of these bottles. 
uh, and uh, found them over the years. He's posted a photo of a recent find. He described the bottles as counter magical devices created to draw in and trap harmful intentions directed at their owners. Individuals who felt they were being targeted by curses or by spells might fill a bottle with objects such as iron nails, fingernail clippings, human hair, in order to rid themselves of the dark intentions. How many of those now, do you have in your living room right now, Dave? I could right now on my floor I could pick up a little bit of all of that. I think. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm in the bottles with those things, but yeah. Oh no, none of those. Just oh. the pieces. I could make bo witch bottles and sell them, Dave Schrader witch bottles. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm gonna put those up. Um Anyway, uh, Tanel, who searches the local Gulf of Mexico beaches for unusual artifacts, said the bottles have no date on them and could be from uh, as far away as West Africa or South America. Jace Tanel, hmm. the uh, director of community engagement at Heart Research Institute, searches the beaches of the coastal bend for unique artifacts. Uh, that taffeta is really loud. Oh, sorry. Uh... Use your microphone while you're while you're jigging in your seat. I don't mind. <laughs> Good God. Oh, you just like, feel like the person in the movie theater that keeps digging Listen, in the paper. I've been told I was too quiet, so I turned up. Shut up. The wow. mute button, man. Yeah, they found about eight of these bottles over the last couple of years. So it's not like they find them all the time, um, but they found like eight over the last six years. And they have sticks and leaves in them, different types of vegetation, Tanel says. Some of them have gooseneck barnacles growing on them, so we know they've been out in the Gulf of Mexico for a while. Apparently, mm. they're supposed to have spells in them. See, in the 16th and century, 17th centuries, people believe that witches can cast spells of bad fortune and health into these bottles. It's also believed that whoever opens the bottle will experience the bad luck. That's why Tanel did not open the witch's bottles that he found. His wife doesn't even let him bring them inside the house, the prude. The theory is that if you open it, you could let the spell out. Whatever the reason, the person had put the spell in there, Tanel said. So to be safe... It's best not to open a witch bottle if you find one, as who knows what you might let out. Tanel keeps his collection of unopened bottles in his backyard, as his wife won't allow them in the house. They would already be broken, and spells would be a plenty because I've got the most jackass squirrels on planet Earth that live in my backyard. Well, that's and on them. They're always tipping stuff over. No, they'll break a bottle and then skitter off like the little nut-eating freaks they are and leave the demon and witch's spell on my deck, and I don't need that kind of crap. Well, you know, um, the interesting thing is you can look at those witch bottles and kind of date them uh, based on, uh, you know, the plastic caps that are on them or the little, oh. or the labels that are on, the, you know, the, the bottle. They're not uh, Mountain Dew bottles. They're hunt, like old hunt, bottles. Hunter Gatherer. Go, go back to that picture there, Dave. Um, little Hunter Gatherer times. I, I erase the picture. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's a good thing because yeah. you would never want to look at evidence twice. No, I, you know what I could show? I could show this picture. <laughs> What's that? It's messages, messages from Mothman, a book by Greg Lawson. Never yeah. heard of it. This, yeah, you might, maybe you recognize Greg Lawson from his oh, many yeah. TV appearances. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think uh, if you haven't already ordered it, I'm not going to say that that book is exciting, but uh, <laughs> I can. Let you know just how good it really well, this is. is like that kind of book. This is yeah. jumping the shark right there, man. It's like, hey. <laughs> Check out the Paranormal Swix Swixty. The Paranormal 60 <laughs> Swag Shop. Wow. I told her, just make it the Paranormal 60 Shop. Why Swag Shop? It's going to mess me up. But no, no, no. Winnie knows better. Paranormal60swagshop.com for all the best in paranormal goods. I think we're going to have to squeeze a uh, 
uh, Paranormal 60 News Crew t-shirt with uh, Sweet Tea on there sometimes. Uh, so. Yeah, I think so. She's settling in. She's. I like she's the. I like the baseball shirt jersey. Yeah, the baseball. Yeah, the baseball jersey. You should get that. It's only sixty dollars, and I think well, it'll look I, good on you. Yeah. I'm. I'm regretting my t-shirt purchase now. No, don't ever say that about the stuff that I offer, Greg. It's. it's oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. You can yeah, have more I, than one shirt, dude. With that attitude, no, let's no. talk about these two amazing books: "The Haunted Harlequin" by Nikki oh, Folsom, yeah. and "Conflicted Reality: My Paranormal Journey" by Nikki Folsom, and a foreword. Oh, wow by tv's dave schrader so both of those books are out and available right now you can find them in my amazon bookshop and that way you're helping chachi uh keep in his liquor uh, cases fully stocked. And, and that's their pool too i saw that that's, is oh, that yeah, yeah. That's, that's, oh, yeah. that's their place They've got an eternity pool it's amazing i don't even know what i'm doing here living like a hobo i like if i bring on the bed you're just going to see the cardboard box hey, <laughs> Tell you, live, living like Tiger King. I am living like Tiger King, and uh, I have no no living tigers either, so we're very similar. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was, that's that was the line. Dark. All right, good to know we found the line finally. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and spending a little bit of time here with us tonight. If uh, Oh, wait, let me see here. Jen has popped on. Jen Scratch oh, with a $10 super sticker. Thank you, Jen. Mm -hmm. Nice way to share the, the love here in the uh, holiday season with your friends on the Paranormal 60 News. We'll be back next week. We're going to be talking witches and warlocks and more on Monday night. We've got more paranormal news next Wednesday, and it is our 200th episode. <gasps> wow. What? Yeah, and the Colonel will be back. Chachi, no, he's going to Scotland because uh, he's going Christmas shopping. Wow. In Scotland because he's Chachi. You can do that here, right? Jeffrey Villers will be here. Uh, Who? Yeah, I am... Yeah, can you get on? Uh, let's get uh, Mad Dog Twenty Twenty to whip us out a new tune. Get Blind Dog to whip up like a nice. How about, a new, how about like a good Krampus tune? A good uh, haunted Christmas tune? Can we? Get yeah, we can. We'll just pull that right out of our colon. You Real should, quick. Blind Dog. I know you're watching. Sorry, that's probably a poor way to say that. Blind Dog. I know you're listening, mm -hmm. and I love you muchly. Uh, let's see a good uh, creepy. Christmassy song, buddy. Crampy. I mean, you're never gonna beat you're never gonna beat Mariah Scary's uh, nope. "All I Want" song that I created. But I, I'm willing to let you step into the ring and throw down with me and try, Blind Dog. So we expect to hear that new tune, and uh, I think you need to put two more tunes out to have that full digital album available. So let's get on it. I'll call him right after the show. Please do. All right, that's it for this week for Sweet Tea, Paranormal Detective, and. Chachi, wherever you may be. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60 News. It's Wednesday night, and I'm alone. The Paranormal 60's on. It's just for paranormal freaks like me. With poltergeists and ghosts and blues and UAPs. You miss a word, you do a shot It starts to snowball and we laugh a lot It's just like drinking with your TV friends I'll be best out before tonight's show ends Dreaming the aliens are taking me away I'm gonna wake up till sometime late on Saturday It's Wednesday night and I'm alone The paranormal 60's on Traders on 
Words is hard. 